Women Taking the Lead, Episode 79. You really have to be the leader. And that means that you have to push aside your own needs, your own wants. You have to lead by example. You have to work harder. You have to be better. You have to really be the best person in your team. And, and then that's going to motivate others. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Makita Ricketts, who founded PinkThink, an education technology company in 2013. PinkThink is an interest-oriented and peer-supported web and mobile platform that makes science, technology, engineering, and math education powerful, relevant, and engaging for girls. PinkThink has won numerous awards, and Makeda was recently named Maker of the Year by the International Alley Awards. And on a personal note, Makeda has a passion for education and has taught in Ethiopia and Harlem, New York. Makeda graduated from Wellesley College with a degree in political science and economics and is currently an MBA candidate at Chicago Booth with a concentration in entrepreneurship. Okay, Makeda, that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, I think I came from uh, a family of immigrants. So I started off um, with a family that really came here and really emphasized working hard. My family's from Jamaica. And I think, you know, I was very lucky. I think when you're doing things like this, like when you're starting your own business or you are pursuing your dreams or you see something in the world that you want to change and you actually can do it, that's really a privilege. Because so many times life, so, so many other things come up that would distract you from that. And you really have to have the space, the resources, the opportunity to even say, look, I want to do something about this problem, or I want to start my own business, or I want to follow my dreams. And so for me, especially, I think seeing my grandmothers, who both of them came to this country and left their kids um, behind and really worked very hard and seeing them and how strong they are and what that kind of did for my family two, three generations later that I could have this opportunity. Um, I think that's really what inspires me. And I think that's really what pushes me forward because I just really always remember that, you know, no matter how hard I work, I'll never work as hard as they did and I'll never have to make the sacrifices that they did. So I really, um, that's why they're my personal heroes. You know, Cicelyn and Gwendolyn are just real rock stars. They're just real, you know, badass women who get stuff done and they're, they're really inspiring me. And so for me, especially, I think coming from that kind of family and background, um, it has definitely pushed me harder and made me realize that I'm definitely as much as it's hard to have a startup in a position of privilege. You know, that's really amazing how you're sharing that because it, it really brought home for me in that moment. Like, yes, it's true. Like our perspective on the world is definitely shaped from two generations back or more. Absolutely. Yeah, we hear the stories and what they went through, and it gives us a unique perspective on, well, how do I want to live? How do I want to move forward? Given, given, I mean, and for most of us, we're more privileged than our families were two generations ago. Of course. And I think that's really why I'm so focused on the age range I'm focused on for these girls, because I'm realizing, like, just based on my own story, that if this generation of women continue to push forward, our generation, we push forward, we we are the entrepreneurs, we are fighting for equal pay, we are going out there and, and breaking barriers in these careers. The next generation may not even have to think about that. The word, you know, gender gap, wage gap may mean nothing to them. You know, that's how quickly things can change. 
Yeah, so true. When I was first starting my podcast and I was sending out emails asking different women to be on my show, I ended the email with um, a line that said, someday we may look back and wonder what the fuss was about. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but until then, you know, dot, 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 I went right. on to, to say some other things, but it's true. Won't that be great when someday maybe we'll be alive? Right. Yeah. And a young woman will be like, I don't get it. What did you what was all what was all that about that you worried about this? And this it, it, what do you mean? Like, you know, a lot of there weren't enough women uh, engineers or weren't enough women entrepreneurs. Like, what are you talking about? You know, so right. it, it could just be completely foreign concept to them. Like a lot of the things that my grandmas went through are completely foreign concept to me. I have no concept of that. And so I really I mean, for me, I it's motivation because I, I know it's definitely possible. Amen. It's the mission, mm -hmm. right? For sure. To get to that place. All right, Makita, you've had success in your life. I mean, goodness, all the awards and the recognition you've been getting in your company, that's so great. And you've definitely gained some confidence. But take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I think for quite some time I played small when I was growing up. I grew up in a very strong family and I People talk about having a negative uh, self-esteem or a negative image, body image. I had no, everything was so externally focused because I grew up with a lot of people who had a, a big voices. And so everything was just really based on what people were telling me. And so it was very hard for me then to find my own space and my own voice. And so little things would come up and I realized, you know, even the first time I got a job, I was coming from Ethiopia. I had just finished teaching um, there in an AIDS orphanage. And I wanted this job at Citigroup. It was in community relations. And, you know, everyone was so much older than me. Um, most of the people working there, they had already had, you know, real life experience. And I just thought like, wow, like it would just be such an honor if they picked me and I could get this job. And so when they offered me my salary, I didn't even say to them, I didn't negotiate, you know, I didn't even say to them, <laughs> is this negotiable? I just was signing a dotted line. And so I think really not being able to, to really understand your own worth at some point is it's, it does affect you. And I think that's something a lot of women suffer from. And I remember I called my dad and he was like, well, you always negotiate, you know, you always ask for money. You always make sure you, you do your research and you always make sure that you're getting paid your worth. And I, I didn't, even though he told me that I didn't do it and I would never do that now. I mean, it's night and day, you know, from who I was then to who I am now. I just, I wouldn't. Never. And I actually was talking to someone who I was looking to hire and told her because she was like, oh, I'll just come and work. And I was like, you never work for free. You make sure you get something. And she's trying mm -hmm. to work for me. I'm like, don't do it. Like, you need to lay out and have a clear plan on what this is going, how this is going to benefit your career and your reputation and push you forward. Oh, my gosh, that's so true. And to underscore the point you're making, when you don't understand your worth, you don't question what you're offered. Exactly. Everything feels like a gift because you don't feel worthy of more. Yeah. And I mean, I, I see it so much with the girls I work with, with just women in general. And so, you know, when people say like, well, one of the things we say that in our company that we claim to, to be able to increase is confidence. People say, well, how can you increase confidence? I know how to increase confidence because I've had to increase my own. You know, I've, I know that journey and I know the steps you have to take as an individual, especially as a woman, to be able to get to that place where you say, uh-uh, I'm going to question this. I'm worth mm -hmm. this. I'm going to actually sit at this table and negotiate and make sure I'm getting paid what I'm worth. Oh, it's so funny. I just had an experience recently because I was home for the holidays where my four-year-old niece, you know, was just 
throughout the day. I want this. I want that. Right. And now I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And my sister was like, oh, my goodness, she's driving me crazy. And I looked at her and it just occurred to me, like in a moment, I was like, there's going to be a day when you're going to be so grateful mm-hmm. that she knows exactly what she wants. Yeah. Those are all mine. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. So how can, how can we keep this and also letting her know, like, you know, we, sometimes we have to compromise for other people (laughs) and, you know, get along and all of that, but, you know, keep that, that ability to speak up and say, yes, I want this. No, I don't want that. Uh, And negotiating for salary and price a lot of times makes women very uncomfortable. Very. Because we're, we're always on where I want to say it's, it's a nature and nurture thing. I think we're, we're somewhat wired for it and we're also nurtured to do it to give, right. And take care of people. And it's very difficult for women to ask, right. And receive help. And get compensated mm-hmm. for what they do because they've been kind of trained to, well, this is just what you do. You offer help, you give to other people, you serve, but there's got to be an equal energy exchange. Exactly. I mean, in everything, right? In relationships and in a job and anything you do, you know, you have to be getting back what you're putting in. You know, that's the definition of stress is you put in 100%, you get back less. So you don't want to put yourself in a position where you are stressing your own self out by taking less than what you deserve. You definitely want to be able to have clear understanding of what it is exactly that you need and you deserve to be getting out of any situation you're in. Right. You don't want to end a good opportunity feeling resentful. Exactly. And that's what will happen. Absolutely. All right, Makita, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. Um, You know what? I was fortunate enough and this happened really early on for me. um, And I think it still didn't happen early enough. You know, I always say my only job is just cutting time in half for the other girls that come up (laughs) behind me. But I actually went to Wellesley College. It's an all-women's college. Um, And it was really this empowering place where I realized that during that time just how much of an identity that I didn't have and what I was trying to do. And I really, it was a time when I I was surrounded by such strong women. And I mean, some of my best friends to to this day, I can't even call them friends, they're they're family. And Mm -hmm. um, just this environment of just real sisterhood where you got to actually speak up and have a voice and it was encouraged. And, you know, like it, it was such a great environment because it was an environment where women actually value women and we were competitive in just such a healthy way. Like we really pushed each other forward and pushed each other to be the best we can be. And even to this day, my friends are the ones who push me harder than anybody else. And I love them for that. And so I think it was just that whole journey that really kind of put me in a mindset of, okay, who are you? What do you want? What is it? And it took me years. I, I started then and it took me really through my 20s to really get to the place where I could really be clear on, on who I was and what I wanted out of life and what my passion was. And I, but it started there. It started at, at 18, 19 when I went away to college and I just realized like, wow, like I need to have my own voice. I need to find what that voice is and I need to be able to really speak it. And you know what? Now I've gone such a complete opposite direction. I'm probably the most stubborn person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I, I have a voice I won't shut up. I'm like, you can't tell me anything. <laughs> and look what you're doing in the world, yeah. right? You know, like I'll take it. <laughs> it's hard to, to find a voice. And you know, that's, that's everyone's main complaint. Like you never listen. I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I hear you. But it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to do that. <laughs> I have my own. Mm-hmm. I have my own mission here that I'm trying to fulfill. Um, so yeah, I think I, I went the opposite way. I went maybe a little too far. But it, I'm. I mean, I'll never apologize for having a really strong opinion or being really passionate about something because I think I really worked for that. 
Mm-mm. No, and what I heard in your wake up call story too was about community, right? And and what it brings to mind too is you know when you're young and your parents are very concerned about the friends you're hanging out with, because they know that we're influenced by our friends, you know, for good, bad, or or neutral. So they're very concerned about who we're spending time with because we absorb the mentality of the people. Absolutely. Energy is so transferable. I'm so careful with who I spend time with. And I'm very protective of myself, especially now and in doing this journey of being an entrepreneur, you have to be because you have to be so mentally strong. And you so many people are going to tell you no or be doubters. You have to surround yourself with like-minded individuals who are about change. I mean, I just got off the phone with my friend the other day, like last night or night before, she was talking about opening up a school in Haiti. And that's just the kind of people you want to be around when you're doing something like this. You want to be around the dreamers and the doers. You don't want to be around the naysayers. And so Wellesley was really good for that because it had it had that aspect of it. But what it really had was the fact that we were all dependent on each other. So you couldn't really be petty. You know, if you were that kind of person who, were, who was going to be, you know, backstabbing or catty, there was just no room for that because you wanted each other to succeed because you were all, you know, you had. If you graduate, and the people who graduate with you, there are no, there's, this is your network. You have to make sure those people are successful. That's only going to help you. And so it was really ingrained in us that kind of collaborative spirit and that kind of spirit of community. Whereas when you go out into the world, sometimes that's not the spirit between women, unfortunately, or that's not what people approach the situation with. Um, and, you know, Wellesley really was very powerful just for that, that sense of real community, like we're really going to get there together. Like your success is my success. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And it's so important to really take stock of who you're spending time with. I mean, you may love your friends because they've been friends for a long time, but if they're not up to the same things you're up to, right? Or if they're not as ambitious as you are, right? You can still be friends with them, but they're probably not the person you want to be spending most of your time with. No, like you want to, you want to feed your soul. And you know, one thing that's happened is I become so busy as an entrepreneur that when I'm, I'm not working, I want to have a good time. I, I want to be with people who are happy and they're, it's fun. And, you know, there's such a limited time for that because you're constantly on the go. So when I have a moment to really enjoy my friends and family, I really want to enjoy my friends and family. Like I, I really want to have in that moment, um, you know, really feed my soul and hopefully do, do the same for them. And so it's really important um, to kind of have people around you who, who are going to be able to give you that and you can give that back to. Mm. And what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We're all different and we're going to lead differently. And what I've heard in so far in your story, Makeda, is that it's evolved for you. So how would you describe your leadership style right now? Um, my leadership style right now, I've had to get a lot more forceful. I'm a big, in general, um, how I approach life is like I'm a big live and let live person. And so that doesn't really work in business. I'm a big person where I feel like you give people space to kind of, A, grow, learn, do, and then kind of rein them in at the end, you know, like, so you just let them go. Like I'm always, I used to say to my team when I first started, oh, just try it, do it. And then I'll come back later and I'll see what you did, you know, because I'm expecting people just to say, okay, I'm a really intellectually curious person. So I'm the kind of person who's going to go and Google it, figure it out, find a way, um, do something to make it happen. But that's not everybody. And so checking back in at the end is just not really, I think, the way to lead. Now I really lead with a lot of conviction and really being very, um, I don't want to say repetitive, but very much like this is what we're doing, like really just reminding people of, of what we are trying to do and kind of just being mm-hmm. the calm in a storm. Um, and I think that's really important when you're, when you are an entrepreneur and you have people who are working for you, it can be very risky 
it is a very uncertain thing. Things change all the time. Um, as many things as, we, as we've won, we've lost, you know, and to keep your team going during those times. And um, that is, that's being the common storm. You have to really be a rock. You have to really be solid. You have to really keep people on mission. This is what we're doing. No, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. <laughs> you have to be that person. And one thing I, I will say is I've become very protective of my employees. I have definitely, speaking of energy, fired people who had bad energy because they brought bad energy to the table. And so um, people who were working for me for free, I let go for that because I was just like, you know, there are other people in this team that I have to protect, that they're my responsibility. And so I have to make sure that the team itself is working the way it should work. Mm, there was a lot in what you just said. And one of the things that really jumped out for me is like, and this is a, a skill as a leader that always get, it's usually always listed in those top 10 lists of great leaders is really not only just having the vision of what the mission is and where you're going, but reinforcing the vision because people are more satisfied in their jobs if they feel that what they are doing is tied to a greater vision. Absolutely. And it, I mean, for us, it is especially is. And, you know, I think we're all pulled in so many different directions, but I think like, you know, um, really keeping people on task. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing is so important because that's, and, and the why, you know, I remember sending, I've sent emails. Like, I know I push you really hard and I know I'm a perfectionist, but this is why these are the moments that, you know, we know that we're doing the right thing and that this is, this is what it all comes back to, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think you can push people a little bit harder when they know what it's about. Exactly. Exactly. When it's clear and they feel a part of something bigger, they can get on board. And actually, people want to go above and beyond for um, when the purpose is tied to their own per personal purpose as well. Yes, for sure. And I think another thing as a leader you should definitely do is what I try to do is actually find ways for people to actually explore their own passion and, and for people to explore their own things. I say, well, this is what I need you to do, but what do you want to do? You know, um, because you're right. People need people have their own purpose. They have their own things. And I'm a big believer in especially as women that we make sure that we are taking care of ourselves. And so I'm a big believer even on my team. Like, OK, well, this is what I need you to do. But what can you do to benefit yourself and, and push your career forward? And how can I help you get to that next level? What do you need? You know, I've had people um, that I wanted to keep working and, and they were like, well, no, you know, we can't do a startup right now. We need you know, we need money. Or we need this. Or we need whatever. And I've given them great recommendations. I've, you know, re give, sent them jobs for them to apply to just because I believe that a big part of, of all of us working is that we all at the end of the day are satisfied with how we were treated and we are all pushing ourselves forward individually. Mm. And Makita, that is a great segue because talking about mission and purpose, because I wanted to ask you, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? I'm really excited about our C-Style bracelets. And I'm going to tell you why I'm really excited about this. It is a codable wearable for girls. I got the idea for it when I first started the company. Um, and I got the idea. And then I went to Booth. And they were like, hold up, wait a minute. Um, do some research. Find out if girls even want this. You know, do all this work. And so when they said it to me, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be another organization that is just talking to these girls and not listening to these girls. I don't want to be another organization that's not validating these girls where they're at. That's not respectful of these girls and, and what they are interested in and what they want to do and how they want to be engaged. So I spent the first year, I mean, we've just, we've been so diligent. We put so much love into this pro into this product and time, you know, we literally basically have spent um, over a year beta testing and, and focus groups with over 200 girls. Then we did over 10 different prototypes based on their 
their suggestions and we had constant feedback to create this amazing product that they love, which is a codable wearable where they get to actually code the bracelet to change colors based on body temperature, ambient light, and alerts from their computer. And we actually <laughs> developed our own coding language uh, with the help of um, one of our consultants, Emily, who was amazing. She came from um, Harvard. She has a degree in instructional technology. And then she also was at MIT App Inventor before this. And she helped us develop a really easy and engaging coding language for these girls to learn to code. Oh, my goodness. How exciting. Because it's when you say it's wearable, it's like a bracelet. Yes, it's a bracelet that you actually connect to your computer and you upload your code to the bracelet and then you wear the bracelet. So basically, you can also um, upload your codes during using a Bluetooth. But basically, you make a code and you say, okay, I want the bracelet to change colors or, you know, turn pink if I, my body temperature goes up or if, you know, I get cold, you know, I want it to adjust based on my body temperature and then it will. Or, you know, <laughs> if I want it to glow in the dark when there's no light, it's going to turn on and it will. Or, you know, I want it to turn on if I get a text message and it will. So it's really cool. Um, and we really, I mean, when I mean it was a painstaking, there were so many hours that we spent just talking about the technology versus the design. We were literally fighting for millimeters. Like it was literally <laughs> like, can we get one more millimeter to fit this component in or do we have to make it wider? And if we make it wide, that's, I mean, we had constant feedback. Right. Will they still like it? Is that the design we want? You know, it was literally going back and forth with just like, should the P look that color silver or should it be this color silver? I mean, these are conversations. This is how minute we got with this product. Um, but I, I think you can tell when you look at it that that's the, how much went into it. And how much time? Oh my gosh. I can't, I can only imagine like some of my nieces would go wild over that. Like the fact that they could create the code that impacts the bracelet in that way. And that gets girls engaged in programming. Yeah. And you know what we also did is we also created coding stories around coding where you have little missions and you have, you know, you code the bracelet to find a lost dog or you need the bracelet to light your way, or, you know, you need the bracelet to be blue to match the sky to unlock the treasure or, you know, so we definitely have made a whole engagement piece with the software as well, just to keep girls really engaged in, in the process and programming, especially. Okay. And at the time of this recording, Christmas is coming, but I'm sure for those listening, there are birthdays and other events coming up. Where can someone find these bracelets? Everyone can get one through our Indiegogo campaign. Um, and the link is on our website and uh, it will also be on your, on your site. And mm -hmm. it's C-Style. So you just, you know, if you Google C-Style, that's codable style bracelets, you will find, uh, you will find the link. And we're offering the software uh, for free if you donate, even if you donate $5, we're offering the software for free. It's for anyone who gives through the campaign right now. Basically, they can start to use our software. Um, mm -hmm. And on top of it, we're partnering with several charities that you can actually give if you don't have a girl you know personally that would like a bracelet. You can actually give during this holiday season to the Girl Scouts you know, to the National Society of Black Engineers, to prospective charter schools in Chicago, you know, to a couple other associations, national associations that we're working with. And so um, it's a great opportunity really to just get more and more girls engaged in coding. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. All right. Yes, I'll definitely have the link on your show notes page so people can find it and be getting the word out. Um, and there still should be some time, you know, to get it, even if it's given as a gift after Christmas or. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Okay. All right, Makita, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? Uh, one practice that helps to make me a better leader, um, and I will just say this in the best possible way, um, put on a face. You know, you have to put on a face. You cannot 
lose your stuff. Um, right. You really have to be, you know, the leader. And that means that you have to push aside your own needs, your own wants. You have to lead by example. You have to work harder. You have to be better. You have to really be the best person in your team. And, and then that's going to motivate others. So you really have to have on that leadership face, like I'm going to be a leader today. And because you can tell yourself that that's not by nature. Nature is something bad happens. You want to scream, you know, something goes mm -hmm. wrong. You want to say, why is that? You know, you want to lose it. You can't lose it. You have to keep kind of being that calm, steady leader and put on that leadership face and say, look, this is what we need to do. This is this person's gone. You know, I've had to send out emails. This is the direction we're going. This is what happened, unfortunately. You know, those are things you have to do as a leader. And you have to really be willing to kind of be sit in that space and put mm -hmm. that face on every day and go out there and do that. Yeah, it's really important to model the behavior and the temperament that you would like to see in your team. Exactly. Right. And, and that's the danger of being the leader that when you do lose it, the people around you start to lose mm -hmm. it too. <laughs> and now you have to deal with them losing it. Mm -hmm. no, <laughs> right? it just makes it harder, right? Absolutely. All right. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? I love to read. I'm a big proponent of multiple books um, and finding those multiple books for you. Um, so one thing I, I mean, my personal favorite book is The Alchemist. I think that's a personal leadership, like just, you know, journey story. That's a good one to read. And it's, you know, it's, it's pretty quick. So I think that's a, just a good, almost fable where you can read, um, that really easily. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to personally develop your leadership skills. I think there's a lot of books out on how you can develop your leadership skills specifically in a startup, like the lean startup model. Um, those kind of things I would definitely recommend uh, women read. And that's just overall how to run a business and a startup. Uh, that's also important. And then I would say that there's some other things that you should do to really kind of figure out your own leadership style and your own leadership skills. And those are worksheets, workbooks. You can definitely Google those things and do. A, I mean, I'm in business school. I had to, I was fortunate enough to do a lot of those self-assessments where you don't really want to do them, but you have to do them. And it's great because it shows you, you know, skill finders, what people think of you, how people perceive you. And definitely those kind of things, I think, help you kind of step outside of yourself and, you know, be able to kind of figure out what kind of leader you should be and develop better leadership skills. Mm -hmm. And Makita, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, if I had to give my younger self any kind of advice, I would actually tell my younger self to... Um, Chill, chill out a little bit more. <laughs> if I could say anything, I really would. No, I really, I, I definitely yeah. would. Say, I probably would tell myself that today too. I'm a very um, diligent worker, I guess. I've always been a hard worker, and so I've always been very focused and motivated. Um, and so I think with that comes a little bit of a type A personality. So I would definitely just tell her, you know, you are fine. It will be fine. Um, I actually did this quote when I got the Ally Awards, the Maker of the Year. And they asked me kind of like a quote I would say to myself. And I just said, you know, you're stronger than you think. Be unstoppable. Just keep going because you can. And so, yeah, I think I would tell my younger self that. And I would tell all younger people that. Just keep going because you can. Mm, awesome. All right. It might be a little bit different, but share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. I'm a big quotes person. I love quotes. I have books of quotes. Um, and I love this one quote. And I always come back to it. Um, and it's basically this quote that says, you know, listen to the mustn'ts, you know, listen to the don'ts, listen to the never haves, listen to the won'ts, and then listen to me, child. Anything can happen. Anything can be. And that's something I think I definitely tell myself because I really am a strong believer in that the beauty of kids, especially, is that they just believe. They believe so hard 
And that's what really makes things happen. You know, if you believe in miracles, miracles happen. You really have to have the mindset, especially when you're doing this, that I can make this happen. Anything's possible. You know, don't accept reality. So that's definitely something that I love to say to girls when I see them, because I would, I, nothing's sadder if a kid does not have that just innate kind of faith and belief that kids just, you know, naturally have. Um, that's what, that's what makes kids, kids. And so I think we all need to just keep that in us. Mm -hmm. Keep it alive alive. for sure. Believe in miracles. (laughs) Yes. And lastly, Makita, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? The best way to connect with us is through our website or we're on every social media platform you can think of. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, we're all over. So we're definitely connecting with quite a few people. Um, and if you're a school organization, especially educator, definitely connect with us. We definitely give a lot of our products away for free and and work very closely with organizations and schools. Uh, So we're always looking for that kind of collaboration to give back or to partner with organizations. Perfect. And for those listening, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Makita, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Oh, I feel the same way about you, Jody. <laughs> this is thank great. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.